Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Tanya, normally I sing our intros. I'm just going to talk this intro out. This being the last episode of Brain Injury Awareness Month. And what we're going to be talking about is therapy. We're going to talk about comebacks, setbacks. He should be really happy that you're not singing, or at least that you're not asking me to sing, because that would just be terrible. Uh, Would it be terrible or would it be amazing? We can talk about the fact that I've been given the gift of a triangle multiple times, yet I still sit tone deaf before you today. Insert triangle noise right here. Boom, intro done, let's go. (laughs) Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the the Neuro Nerds. Yes, that was on time. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. Neuro Nerds. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds. Last episode, last episode, last last episode of Brain Injury Awareness Month of this month of Brain Injury Awareness. Special guest with me today. What's up, Tanya? How we doing? Hey, Joe. I'm doing. I'm I'm, I'm excited to, to close out this Brain Injury Awareness Month with chatting with one of my favorite people. One one third of the Illuminati. Yeah, shh, shh. We, we don't we don't talk about <laughs> that talk we don't about talk that. about that <laughs> so i figure we have a little bit of a, a you know um round table discussion between just you and i which is basically like a line we're gonna have a line table discussion just about brain injuries you know we, we were talking therapy right before we jumped on air we were talking about you did a little bit of blue light therapy is that what you call it or do you just call it light therapy it's called i think syntonic therapy which is probably got some a definition that's probably more intense than light therapy. Right. I, I dumbed it down completely. No, no. I just don't know if there's, I mean, I'm sure there's a better way of describing it, but I know it's called syntonic therapy 
and mm-hmm. it uses different light filters and the right. light filters kind of each evoke a different feeling. And it, so the light therapy that you're doing, is that specifically for brain injury? It's part of vision therapy. And I think vision therapist, the vision therapist I go to treats a lot of different things, but she's working with mm-hmm. me specifically on opening up my field of vision and helping me with the visual processing stuff that I have going on. So that was one aspect of therapy that we did. That's awesome. I, I, I like that. And I did ask, I was like, hey, is, is it working? Or to be honest, I was like, is it bullshit? I, <laughs> I just say that because I've tried a bunch of different things, specifically, not necessarily for my brain injury, but for the PTSD that, you know, uh, I've suffered post brain injury. And a lot of the things, to be honest, just have not worked for me. And one in particular was like tapping therapy, mm-hmm. which I just kind of felt like an insane person with PTSD after doing that. Because I felt like, like literally you're tapping your face, you're tapping your mouth, you're tapping your head. It was just really weird. And I know it works for people. Just didn't work for me. And to be honest, I really think it was my therapist. I just was not a fan, you know? Yeah. For forever, I described like if, if we were on Facebook, like our relationship would be it would be complicated. <laughs> no, it's definitely, you have to, I, I want to say like, not that you have to believe, but you have to kind of really connect with the person so that you can follow the path that they lay out for you. Cause if you're mm-hmm. not jiving with the person, then you're like super skeptical, right? You're like, oh, this person, yes. I don't even trust them at all. I got lucky with my vision therapist because she, understood what I was saying without Mm -hmm. me having to convince her. Right. And she also read my body really well. So she was doing like the evaluations and she's like, okay, I can see that's not working for you or you're working really hard. I didn't have to verbalize anything in my evaluation. She was like watching every part of how I was behaving and adjusting accordingly. So what you're saying is therapists need to work harder. (laughs) (laughs) You know, be better at your job, guys. Look at the whole person, right? Like I was watching Mm -hmm. my mom get a PT evaluation (laughs) as if I should be like rating the therapist. But at this point, I've been to so many, (laughs) but I'm watching and I'm like, why are you noticing that she's wincing? Because you're she's not verbalizing pain you're not right. making any kind of mention that you're that you know she's squinting really hard cuz it hurts like and i'm just standing there waiting like is someone going to say something like is she going to like utter pain is he going to be like oh i can see this is uncomfortable why don't you stop doing that like is anything going to happen so yeah it's kind of funny what you learn after becoming like a semi professional patient or are we professional <laughs> right. patients at this point? I'd say we're 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 definitely pros. Yeah. You know, we're the experts on being patients because we've seen so many doctors, we've been through so many visits. Like we 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 know what's what. I thankfully, you know, I've stumbled across some really good doctors and therapists. My occupational therapist was just out of this world. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. And she like went above and beyond for me. But that's like that's not the norm, you know. I hear like horror stories with OTs and PTs where they're just kind of like going through the motions, almost what you're explaining where it's like, yeah, do this, but they're not paying any attention to what's like really going on. You know, my favorite, I had an occupational therapist who said things like, I totally believe what you're saying, but I don't see that when I'm looking at your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) What? 
So she had a really great like line where she would make sure that she first established that she believed me. Right. But that she didn't really see evidence of what I was describing as a problem. So she was a poli- she's a politician. So she was like, "Hey, I validate your feelings." And the here's immediately following me invalidating everything that you feel. Yeah. That's so was she your um, occupational therapist for a while? Longer than she should have been. And it was one of those yeah. uncomfortable, like, because I mean, FYI, you can always, right? This is what you learn when you become a professional mm-hmm. patient. You can always ask <laughs> to be discharged. You can always. request to be discharged. You can have enough and be ready to go and just say, I believe I'm just ready for discharge. Um, I didn't really know that or feel empowered that way. And if she hears this, she was pregnant and I was just like, have your baby. Like, are you going to have your baby? Can you have your baby sooner? Are you sure you're not going to go out on leave early for your baby? Like I just wanted her to have her baby. Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us too and get different perks and gifts depending on which Neuro Jedi tier you sign up for. For example, if you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuro nerds. And then I would be free of her. It was difficult because one of the other things that she really didn't do anything about was the fact that so I have no feeling on my left side. Mm-hmm. I kept saying that, you know, my my ring finger, my pinky finger, you know, like they really weren't cooperating with the rest of my hand. Like they were still like kind of in their own little world. It was just kind of like, yeah, you know, let's focus on your little pincher fingers. Let's, you know, do the money makers. Those like little grabbers. I, I, it's like, I was like, I kept saying, oh, my wrist, you know, I have issues with my wrist, these persistent things. And she just, just never wanted to like play the game that I was hoping we would play together. Oh, understanding. She didn't want to play understanding and working with the patient. Well, what it, what it drove me to do. And I think I talked about it the last time we spoke, I ended up at this clinic that does robot assisted therapy because right. honestly, I didn't want humans. I wanted machines that were impartial judges of what was happening with my hand. And I wanted data to validate the fact that my fucking fingers weren't working. You know, (laughs) how sad is that? Right. Because I couldn't get help. That just seems like horrible bedside manner, you know? And I think that's one of the biggest issues that we come across as brain injury survivors is the fact that there's not a lot of care. I think that goes into us mm-hmm. right i think we're, we're numbers for the most part and it's really really sad i i am so thankful that i've had the therapists that i've had because they they've been great well for the most part i'll say for the most part you know but i i hear horror stories where people are like i just stopped going because it was such a horrible experience yeah. and that, that just that hurts my heart you know I, I think we all need to do better look as survivors we need to do better at as at advocating for ourselves I'm terrible. I'm just going to say that. I'm awful. I don't advocate for myself at, at, at all. Felice, if it wasn't for her, I would just probably be in a ditch somewhere. And it's 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 a, it's a the way I grew up, right? So when you're poor, so I grew up poor, you don't really go to the doctors. You just don't, right? You just deal with it, and then it gets really bad, and you go to the emergency room, and then they patch you up real quick, and they send you home. I, I, I didn't know. So I dealt with a lot of pain mm-hmm. growing up. So like my... 
<laughs> somebody asked me, like, hey, what level of pain are you on? Like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Like, I'm just, I just, well, I'm, I'm in a, a constant state of discomfort. Everything kind of hurts all the time, like before. And then I realized, oh, wait, no, that's not normal. Yeah. It's not normal to walk around in like a tremendous amount of pain. So that's my, with my migraines. I had like knee, knee issues, I had neck issues, all these things where I was just like, ah, it's like, whatever. So if I actually complain, it was funny because then Felice would like freak out. She's like, oh my God, are, are, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. Oh my God, we are in the hospital. I was like, oh, 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 because like my gauge is really, really off, you know? It's helpful to have a doctor say, hey, so this is what this should be, you know, and work with you. Like when you were saying that your mom was doing a certain thing, if she's wincing, it's kind of the therapist's responsibility to say, hey, does this hurt? Right. Are you doing this because it, it's you're not comfortable in doing that? But that's not a normal thing. And that really kind of that kind of hurts my heart. Yeah. No, I think it, it is something that. I don't know how you become a good advocate and I, I don't think everyone is suited for it. So finding your person, your caregiver, your support person who can advocate alongside you on your behalf is, is really important and not everyone has that. So, yeah. you know, buddying up, finding somebody who you can lean on in those situations because it's hard and it's hard to be in the moment experiencing let's say an evaluation and also present enough to like step out and be like hey wait i need help with this or hey this is hard or like you know hey can you get that guy who drove me and he's sitting in the waiting room like i need him it's very um it's a lot to to juggle it is with with everything you know it, it especially after a brain injury like it, it's, it's everything is weird it's kind of like we're, we're relearning everything and for me dealing with doctors and appointments and therapists it wasn't relearning. It was just learning because mm -hmm. I never grew up with that stuff. You know, we never had insurance. We never we just didn't go to doctors. We just kind of like, eh, let's just rub some dirt on it. It'll be fine. Yeah. No, we did a lot of sana, sana, culito de rana. So, you know, <laughs> for those of you who don't know that one, that's, you know, that is a tried and true method of um, I think translated is heal, heal frog's ass, kind of, you know, like uh, yeah. sana hoy o sana mañana. So like, it's basically like rub a boo-boo and, you know, hope that it goes away. But, um, but no, we did like, you know, Vicks Vapor Rub, you know, gargling yes. with salt water. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other, you know, chicken soup, ginger ale and saltines. I mean, these are all classics, right? Yes. But, you, know, um, you know, it's funny because you're Cuban, I'm Puerto Rican, but like our, the way we were brought up, it's very similar. Like our cultures are really, really close. Everything you said, I'm like, yeah, that's medical attention right. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Saltines and ginger ale. Yeah. Or if you're really lucky and you have an upset stomach, um, some baking soda with some water, which is like, you know. Never did baking soda. Um, I literally only did ginger ale. Yeah. And only did uh, um, chicken chicken soup, of course. Uh, caldo de pollo. Mm -hmm. Like we, we would have that. Uh, and, you know, oh, you, you have a little sniffle, Vicks Vapor Up. Put that on your chest a little bit under the nostrils. Yep. You're good to go. It's like a, it's, it's healing. When my daughter was younger and sick and I didn't realize she has asthma and Vicks VapoRub is not a good thing for asthmatic. No. Yeah. Well, I didn't have asthma. I didn't know we put that shit on all the time when you were sick. And that was like one of those like moments of like, just lucky enough to be reading the label just before slathering on the Vicks. I, I had asthma growing up oh. and I had, I was doused in Vicks VapoRub <laughs> when I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but I think what I see in my mom and I probably I think up until I would say my stroke 
it's that culture of don't question doctors. Like they're the doctor, yes. like you're not a doctor. So, you know, listen to what they say and kind of unconditionally accept what you're told. Yes. Um, it's a problem. Yes. And I think that my stroke kind of freed me from that feeling because mm-hmm. I was like, you all don't know what you're doing. I don't know any better, but I sure as hell I'm not going to accept anything at face value from any of you right. all. And I think it really just kind of, you know, I knew that I needed to know as much as humanly possible, like whatever my brain could handle, whatever I needed to write down, whatever I needed to get help with later on, ask Google, whatever it was, like I just needed to understand it and get as much understanding as possible and not really just, you know, like be okay with it. I had to really be a partner and and being a good partner, I think to your medical team, your care Mm -hmm. team is also really important not just letting them deliver to you their decisions or their plans understanding and like feeling like hey i'm a part of this like these are my goals this is what i want right i i agree with that wholeheartedly it's so funny that you say you don't just blindly follow what's said i was so i was in the hospital for a really long time you know like a month or so whatever it was and so i have no memory of any of this stuff my my mom you know she raised me single mom she did the best that she could. She just wasn't equipped to handle situations like this. Thank goodness that Felice was. She was raised, and I want to say the right way. She was raised a better way where she went to the doctors and her parents told her, tell the doctor what you're feeling. So she learned at a very young age to communicate with the doctor. I'm feeling like this, this hurts, this doesn't. I didn't do that. I went and my mom would just say, listen to the doctor. And that was it. Like we just listened. So the doctor was saying whatever was going this again, secondhand information. Felice was telling me the doctor uh, uh, came in and, and my mom and Felice uh, were there and it was, it was telling them what was going on with me. And Felice asked a question and apparently my mom put her hand on Felice and she said, no, 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 no. <laughs> like she stopped her just from listen. asking a question. Just listen. just listen. The doctor is saying this. We just listen. We don't question. But it just shows like the, the two, you know, versions of myself. Right. I grew up with that. That was like Joe 1.0 was just listen to what they say. They're the professionals. And no matter what you feel, doesn't matter. They're the pros. You listen to them. And then Felice came in and she was like, well, yeah, but it's also happening to you. You can question these things. You can ask why you can say, well, what about this instead of this? And so like, yeah, it it, it was just wild that like, even in that moment, my mom is like, no, 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 no. Just, just listen. Just listen. Don't, Don't question. Yeah, don't question authority. She, just, just listen. She did like the mom seatbelt, like no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was almost like a, a like a Puerto Rican Jedi trick, right? It's just like we do not question the doctors. We don't ask. We don't ask these questions. It's it, so, so growing up, how would we know how to advocate for ourselves? You know what I mean? Like, I I can't. I stress this all the time. My stroke saved my life. It saved my life. It helped me become the best version of myself because I wasn't living a, a great life. I wasn't. I was existing at best. Now I do things like adult, normal adult human beings do. I, I, I have a dentist appointment on Tuesday. Nice. That's just a thing. This is like adult thing that you do. I go to doctor's appointments. I, I get prescriptions filled. If I have a question, you know, it's funny. I ask my doctor, huh? Hey, this is what I'm feeling. Is that, is this normal? These are all things that like, I never would have done honestly, probably the rest of my life. So like this brain injury saved my life. I say that if there's anybody out there listening, look, you can change your upbringing. You can change the way that you were raised. You know, 
it, it turned you into the person that you are. That's great. You are now an adult. You can change the way that you are right now. We can all do that. You know, we, we, we all grow. And even you, Tanya, like, look, I'm sure from jump from right when you had your stroke until now, you've become a much better advocate for yourself. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think in listening to you, I think it's funny because knowing what I know now about why I had a stroke, mm-hmm. I think that I'm very lucky in that it could have happened pretty much at any point in my life. So it could have happened much younger. And maybe there's like thinking where that would have been like, oh, well, that may have been easier, but I wouldn't have had the, I think I wouldn't have had built up the resilience that of who I am. And if it had happened older, it would have been tougher to recover from. So in a way it happened in a very like midlife sweet spot. I, um, I had a hole in my heart that was there from birth that was not known PFOs 20% of people have them and only 2% will suffer a stroke. So, you know, nice threading of the needle, but I also had a clotting disorder and I didn't know about that. Again, in theory, this could have happened at any point. And I feel like I am lucky that it happened now. And I feel that, you know, I was able to have heart surgery. I'm on blood thinners. Like I'm in a good space and I am, you know, through the other, you know, nonsense of my life, I've built up a pretty, you know, good base of like resilience and like tools to stay, you know, realistic, optimistic, you know, moving forward, always like looking ahead and saying, hey, you know what, maybe right now I need a break and I can't move forward, but I can just wait, rest, and I don't have to go back either. Yes, it's it's head in the clouds, foot on the ground. That's how I try to live life. You know, I want everything to work out. The reality is it probably won't. That's the foot on the ground. You know, hey, if things don't work out exactly like I want it to, I'm prepared for it. Right. So, yeah, I I, I love that. I, I love how you've that's also acceptance. You know, you've accepted the fact that, hey, this happened. It could have been worse. I'm, I, I've had this re- this thing this month because, you know, Brain Injury Awareness Month, I do advocating every single day. It's to be honest, it's fucking exhausting. I was going to say every day. I'm like, <laughs> I can't even like I can't even imagine because I'm so tired watching all of you amazing people who are out there advocating every day, making a point to touch on it every day, because really that's how awareness gets raised. Yeah. God bless. Cause I'm hey, like, want, I'm tired for you. you. You want, you want me to give you some anxiety? I'm going to try to stretch this out. I'm going to keep on going. Cause to be honest, I love the fact that we have these conversations going. I, I, I love it. I love that we're, we're educating people. I love that we're educating people in our community that don't necessarily know these things. So I want to just keep these conversations going instead of brain injury awareness month. How about just brain injury awareness period? Well, right. True. So I, yes, I want, yeah, I want to just keep on having uh, the, the, these conversations, but it has been exhausting. So it has allowed me to look back at my own recovery and I did something and I, and I asked for Felice last night for the first time in my recovery, I was like, hey, I think I want to look at my medical records. Oh, wow. Which is something that I've never done. I, I know that my brain injury, I ruptured my right basal ganglia due to high blood pressure. And I so I had a hemorrhagic stroke with, damn it, intraventricle. Oh, I remember intraventricle extension. And that's the thing that kind of destroyed me. That's why I have issues with my hand. That's why I have a lot of issues with my my memory. And then I looked at like, so here's here's what you probably shouldn't do, Tanya. Don't look up the mortality rates of shit like that that happens to you. So I already knew that having a hemorrhagic stroke, I'm one in four. Roughly, I'm one in four. It's like 26% of the people that have hemorrhagic strokes live, right? So I'm thankful with that. With With intraventricular extension, 
holy shit. <laughs> if that alone drops the mortality rate, it's like 20%. Wow. 20% of people make it from that. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was shocking to me, which gave me immediately, immediately survivor's guilt. You know what I mean? Like, why me? Yeah. Why am I so functional? Why, like, it, the why, why, why? It's like, it's like really, really cr- crazy. Do you ever go back and look at, like, hey, this happened to me? Do you ever, like, do the research on, like, okay, the PFO? You kind of, you kind of clearly have, you know, the percentages. Oh, I've 20%, 2%. Yeah. No, I've, I, yeah, Google is like, you know, the devil in disguise. <laughs> You like never Google anything. First of all, if you're just Googling no. your own symptoms, I'll save you the, the time you have, you know, cancer. That's what it's going to tell you. It's, can- it's going gonna- <laughs> to be cancer. I don't care what you say. I have a pain in my neck. I swear to God. I was like, oh, did I sleep funny? Blah, blah, blah. It was cancer. Like anything you look up, the fucking thing right. leads you down this like horrible path. And don't ever, 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 I don't care what you're looking for. Never click images after you've hit the search. No. The shit that comes up there, you can't unsee no. it. So if you're worried about the little tiny like speck on your hand and you want to know worst case, do not look don't, at that, please. It's like looking at the deep web. Just, just don't do that. Just don't go there. Don't go there. But um, I have looked at my medical records because I and I, I also I was in the hospital a little over three weeks mm-hmm. and I had like, you know, ICU, Encore ICU, a lot of people who said shit that I was like, I don't understand that. Why are you saying that? Like, you know, that's actually kind of weird. Um, so I, I did get all my medical records and then that was one of my first, um, you know, when you're in school and I mean, kids today won't understand this reference, but you old (laughs) folks out there will, um, and they take you to the library and you go to their card catalog and they're teaching you about like alphabetizing and stuff like that. So I actually had Rob print out all my medical records and then I organized them. So that was like my first, like kind of project oh i also remember you're a big nerd of course you did that tanya of course you did that and i'm sure you had like color-coded tabs three binders baby three binders yes (laughs) um so i read through and then i was like highlighting and asking google to explain things to me and um yeah i think the first you know once i finally got home and i was settled in and i you know kind of went on this little journey it was like me and Google. Google was my research assistant. And I was just like kind of reading and writing notes. I'm like, Google, what is this medicine for? Okay, now I understand. Do, do you feel that that was a help or do you think it was a bit of a hindrance in your recovery? For me personally, it was a big help. Good. I think everybody's situation is wildly different. I did not remember being in the hospital, like like getting to the high. I remember the morning of my stroke. I remember the paramedics. I remember getting to the hospital. And then I remember very little to nothing else. I remember really strange details about being in the hospital. Flashes, right? It's yeah. like flashes that come. Yeah, it's, like, it's like memento. You just remember bits and yeah. pieces. I mean, like, and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it, it offline. I'll tell you like my, like, the, I remember like three basic things about being in the ER. One thing that, and I think I may have mentioned this when we were talking in a room one day about, I forget how we phrased it. I remember you guys were talking, I think you were talking about near death, right? Like how we survive something that, you know, near death. And I think I said something on the one hand of my, my response, it was like, I don't really know that I've accepted that kind of feeling yet. But then I talked about like, by the grace of God, my, you know, I made this phone call to family jarbled. They couldn't understand a thing I was saying, but I somehow figured out how to unlock my phone find a number for my sister-in-law and call to let them know that I was going in for surgery. I couldn't, I I said 
whatever I said, nothing that made sense, but I handed the phone to somebody who could explain that I was going in for a thrombectomy to try to remove the blood clot. Wow. I don't remember any of that. I do remember being in the room, whatever the room was, and they were cutting my shirt off, right? And I was wearing mm -hmm. a tank top that had a rainbow and had a Statue of Liberty and said New York on it. And they cut it like right up the center. Like they divided the shirt pretty much in half. And I remember, at least I think I said it, I remember saying, oh no, not Lady Liberty, like kind of like <laughs> random. <laughs> That's odd. That is amazing. I, yeah, okay, so that brings me a lot of joy. Like even in our our most our darkest moments, right? This is Tanya. We get along for a reason. <laughs> even in our our darkest moments, the moments where it's like it's touch and go, where it's like, oh yeah, you this this is really close to you not being here. We still have a certain amount of of sense of humor. We still have a, a certain joy and light about us. I love that. Is it bad? Th that brings. Is it bad? I'll backtrack. When you were talking before and telling, you know, like you're, you know, you remembered exactly the type of stroke you had. I was like, do you think we can make bingo cards? <laughs> we could have all these phrases <sighs> on bingo cards. You know, I think we need to make like a cards against humanity slash oh, bingo game. Yeah. Let's make it happen. I Let's do it. it. And you want to know what all the rules would be? They'd make no sense because they're made by people with brain injuries. It's going to be the most fun game ever. I think I got my nephew a game. It's called something about a taco. I don't remember what it's called exactly, but it's like a, a game that's made by a seven-year-old and you can tell. I think like if we could make seriously like a card game, like for the brain injured, by the brain injured, that may be like absolutely epic. Hey, if, if anybody out there knows the contact info for Hasbro, let's make this happen, people. Let's do the damn thing. Actually, you know what? This might have some legs. We got to talk offline. We got we to figure out a project. Are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for community and support? Well, the NeuroNerds are here to help. Join our hashtag YouSoRock Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash YouSoRock to connect with other survivors like you. Plus, read other inspirational brain injury survivor stories on Joe's blog at JoeSoRocks.com slash you so rock and submit your stories there as well we want to hear them and remember you, you so, so rock, rock. <laughs> if you had an opportunity to talk to well you are you're talking to survivors who are listening to this right now would you advise them to immediately look at their records would you advise them to do it when they feel right is it something that you wish you would have done earlier is it something that you wish you would have taken a little bit more time with? I don't think I could have handled it earlier. Like, and mm -hmm. I don't recall when it, when I looked at everything. And I think it's, you know, you really have to, you have to see what, you know, what's your goal. I think whenever I think about right. stuff like that, it's like, what do you want to, what is it that you want to get from it? So for me, oh, okay. I needed to understand everything that happened to me because mm -hmm. PS, I didn't feel I was like well taken care of. I know I wasn't. So I needed to understand what happened. Um, and I think that's what's really spurred me to like understand everything that's happening to me because yeah. I felt I was denied that mm -hmm. by virtue of being alone and having a stroke and not being able to mm -hmm. understand what was being asked of me. You know, when I look at the consent for surgery, unable to sign is what it says. Wow. Because I couldn't give consent. Like I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't give consent. I didn't. That's deep. To me, it was just really important. So I think understanding what you want to learn from it, will it upset you? Are you the type of person that, that that's not it, it, like too much information? Like you kind of really have to like gauge yourself. Most of it's not going to make any sense anyway, honestly, yeah, a lot of stuff. But I think 
I, I'm always like the geek in me. I was like, I think it's important to understand and be knowledgeable about what, what is happening, what's ha- what is going to happen. Like, you know, you really, you want to be your best self in terms of being able to advocate for yourself. So within reason, I think understanding how, you know, I, it might start with understanding how to read a record. You know, yeah. I mean, you might need help or you want someone to explain it to you, but an understanding what you want to know and why I think is a good place to start. Because maybe, you know what, That's... you're like, eh, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Move on. You know, you don't need to open that right. box if it's not. But yeah, that's true. It's kind of Pandora's box. It, it really is. That's why I, it took me so long. Cause still, as of this conversation we're having right now, I still have not looked at my records. And I know there's like a little video of like my brain, mm. not like the surgery, but like, you know, the pictures yeah. and everything. And I haven't looked at any of that stuff. So I'm actually a little over emotional right now. Yeah. It's it's going to be a thing. I know it's going to be a thing. And if you have trouble reading medical records, you can Google how to read medical records, but it's going to come back cancer. <laughs> Um, I actually never had my brain scans explained to me. Some woman Mm -hmm. showed up once in the hospital room and she, she was such an ass. She's like, Oh, has anyone like showed you your brain scans? I was like, no. So she opened them up and she was like making all these noises like, Oh, huh. And I'm like, this point I'm like, I'm here. Right. So I don't know what's like happening. And they're trying desperately to discharge me, despite the fact that I have nowhere safe to go. But that's, oh, you know, my gosh. but she, I, I said, like, well, what do you like, like, kind of like, why are you making those noises, you know, kind of thing. And she said something to the effect of, well, you look a lot better than your scans. And I was like, what? so is this a doctor or was it like one of the cleaners? Yeah, she was like the, like the her head of the nursing people or something. Oh, like she was like, lead nurse of like you know people who like deal with stroke patients like she had like a title and i was so perplexed by the comment what does that mean then i'm looking at what she's looking at i'm like oh you mean that big giant thing that doesn't work anymore (laughs) that that walnut half a walnut that's not working for me but i still don't like technically i didn't you know you asked like you know should you ask i don't i never I've never asked anyone to show me and explain to me with that picture what that means. Mm -hmm. I know the kind of stroke I had. I know that it was a um, uh, RMCA, right middle central artery or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I've never asked anyone to like, like, can you pull up my brain scans and explain it to me? Because her comment in the back of my mind was like, like, I, I, I am not ready for that. I don't want to know what it means. Because to me, I still, I, I struggled a lot understanding, okay, I get it. We're going to rewire neuroplasticity. We're going to make new pathways. Like, I'm all in. I got it. I kept getting stuck on the fact that this part of an object in my head no longer works, right? Right. So you've got to go, like, those pathways aren't going through it because it doesn't work that way because that part isn't working anymore and i'm like it just i didn't get it like i really really struggled with that so i've never asked anyone to show me my scans i've never asked anyone to talk through my scans with me like i'm not ready for that when you look at the scan it kind of looks like the doppler radar it looks like you know it's like oh there's a storm coming (laughs) that just so happens to be blood in your brain as i i i I don't know what i'm gonna get out of whatever i'm gonna see tonight because i think i'm gonna do it tonight i think i'm not 100 sure I think I'm going to do that. And, you know, I'll let you guys know how it went. But I I think it's important that we all figure out 
as much information as we can. It's important. It's really important. I'm astounded still today. There are so many survivors I'll run into and they're like, oh, wait, there are different kinds of strokes. When I ask what type of stroke they had, it, it, it blows my mind. It, not to the point where I'm like, oh, how dare you? But it's, I didn't know what a stroke was until I had one. But like after I had one, I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? Wait, there are different kinds. What are the different? And then like you try to like figure it out. It's just so you understand a little bit more about like what happens to us afterward. And I think that's what I'm looking for because like this is I'm going on six years. It's going to be wow. six years this year. And it's taken awesome. me this long to be like, hey, let me take a look at these records. That's how long it took because it took me over a year before I could even say the phrase I had a stroke. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to do it. So now, you know, this is again, even years later, there's still growth that, that we have. And I think this is going to be a big step to I, honestly, I don't know what it's going to do. I think it's going to be a big step in some direction. Who knows? Maybe I'll spiral. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I think when you say that and I listen to you, you know, I think about, you know, some advice that I've been given about just being curious. Right. Oh, just yeah, for very sure. Very simply, you know, just be curious um, about everything. But like, you know, like you said, like, oh, what kind of stroke did I have? Oh, like what kind of, you know, what, 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 you know, how is this experience for you? Or what am I think? What am I feeling right now? Just kind of always like approach things with curiosity and, yeah. and try I, to get a, a more understanding of them. And I think we have to talk about these things out loud because there are people that need to know this information. I thought I was going crazy about just over two years after my recovery because I started to feel like I just got home from the hospital. Mm. The brain fog, the fatigue, I felt like I was going backwards. If it wasn't for Dr. Karen Sullivan, the angel of all angels explaining to me, she's like, no, it takes about two years for all that excess blood to dissipate in your brain. So what you're seeing is feeling that you're reverting. It's not. Your brain's exhausted because your neural, the connections are actually connecting. Mm. The, the brain is working the way it's supposed to work now, and it's exhausting. I was like, oh, I didn't know that because nobody tells me that. So I tell that to as many people as possible. If you've had bleeding in the brain about two years, two, two and a half years in, you might start to feel like you're reverting. You're not. You're actually healing. Nobody tells you these yeah. things. You know, this is why we have to have these conversations. And that's why I love the fact that you can come on here and be so upfront and honest about your nerdum in reading <laughs> your your records well <laughs> you nerd with your folders i know folders highlighters <laughs> tabs you know i did work at staples i won't blame them for the problem but you know they definitely like you know that employee discount didn't you know did me a disservice but it's funny you know like what when you say that and i mentioned to you that i've had a really tough couple of days on tuesday i went for a test for um with a audiologist but i've i've had tests hearing tests it's not, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be a hearing test it was meant to test to see whether i had an auditory processing disorder because something's been off with my hearing not when i had the stroke but when i had the hemorrhagic conversion those are you know big words about types of strokes right so i had a clot but then i had a brain bleed and when that happened my hearing changed so i had like the t the I was gonna say tingling, but it's not really tingling in the ear, um, ringing and like- Oh, like, like tinnitus. Yeah, and and everything just doesn't, like sound is weird. Like I don't understand. I can't also understand, like um, I did a therapy, like computer therapy thing where they had, you had to discern if sounds were going or coming. Mm -hmm. I can't tell the difference between sounds wow. that are coming and going. And That's so anyhow, I go to this woman and- we're doing, she tests like my eardrums, she tests like a bunch of things. And then one of the tests was seeing how 
loud I could tolerate, like just her voice getting louder while she was talking to me. Like I didn't realize it was subtly going up until I was like, okay, that's really loud all of a sudden. Then the next test, which if you, I'm like, I'm going to preface this by saying I do have like a 21 year old daughter. So Hunger Games, we did watch it. I don't know if that's like, (laughs) like Twilight and Hunger Game references, but the Hunger Games in the second one, with uh, what are they called jabber jays or whatever with the birds that are basically like coming in and swooping in and they're they're hearing they're, they're repeating all these different words that is right. what this test felt like wow it, that's overwhelming it was it, it was so hard and kind of circling back when like i was i wasn't even i don't even want to say i was holding back tears i was crying during the test like I was crying like quiet crying ugly crying but um I was (laughs) weeping um as I'm as I'm doing this test I'm trying to like you know give the answers and we're in between tests and I ask if there are any tissues she's like oh you know do you have allergies and I'm like no you know might be bad (laughs) and I've walked away from the window at this point to do that Cause I'm going to keep going. Cause you know, right. as strong as we are, right. We're going to just like, keep going, suck it up for the next just, test, Joe. Keep going, push through. And when I go to sit down, she's no longer across from me, you know, at the window. Mm-hmm. And then the door to the little booth opens and she comes in and she sits down. She goes, I think we've done enough for today. Well, and good. what she said was, she's like, I can see how hard that was. You did. Okay. Mm-hmm but I can see that it took so much for you to do what you did. And I don't think that we're going to get more information by doing more tests. Let me help you now based on what I've seen. And I rather we stop for today. So, you know, we talked a little bit more. I pulled out my phone while she was talking so I could just record the conversation because I wasn't hearing anything. She was talking I was nodding and then I was like, let me get my phone. But I could already tell something was wrong. Like I struggled to get my phone out of my bag. I struggled to unlock it, to figure out how to do voice. I was like, I was a mess. And when I was leaving, you know, we talked a few more seconds and I forget what she said, but basically it was one of those, like, I felt really validated because I have been struggling. No one's understood what my problem has been. And I felt like I finally connected with somebody. And, you know, I felt like crap, but it felt really good. Yeah. And we're leaving and I've got to grab Rob's arm to leave because I'm feeling like I, my legs are going to give out. Like I I don't feel right. And we get to the car, fresh air outside helps. We get home and Joe, I just nauseous. That feeling, and I don't assume everyone has it, but probably something similar when you first like kind of come out from having a stroke and you're like, I can't lift my head off the, the, the yeah. ground, the pillow, whatever surface is supporting my head. I must stay here. I need to sleep. Yeah. Um, lights are bothering me. I can't have any sound. I like persistent nausea. Like I couldn't, I couldn't understand how I was feeling so badly. Right. Because right. it was just an audio test. And then yesterday I took the day off from work. Mm -hmm. I couldn't move. I didn't eat. I felt so terrible. And today I finally called them and I was like, all right, I, I thought maybe it would go away. And I just, I feel as bad as I felt when I got out of the hospital. Right. What was their response? Um, 
the, the one thing you never, ever, ever want to hear when you're a patient. I've not heard anyone having this type oh, of a my. reaction. <laughs> and I was like, wait, but you're my unicorn doctor. You finally validated everything else. I mean, she did give me some suggestions. She men- mentioned something that I'm not going to remember the name of it, although it was really interesting. So I, should, I did write it down, obviously. Why wouldn't I? But um, mm-hmm. it, it's a syndrome where your like sound can trigger like, a migraine, nausea kind of thing. And it's wow. very specific. And she said that it's possible that it's something that, you know, someone who's had like a traumatic brain injury, because it could be like a fracture of like a tiny bone in your ear kind of thing. Oh, my gosh. But, That's what, what is she, Dr. House? I know, right? But it's not something that we think it would be this because I didn't have any kind of head trauma with my with my um, with my stroke. But she just threw it out right. there for me to something. She's like, that's a thing that's similar to what you're saying. But, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, 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 what was interesting was, though, what she asked me was, is it physical or emotional? Ooh, okay. Which I thought was interesting because I got really emotional in her office, right? Right. Yeah. You broke down a little bit, which is, you know, of course I felt even you telling the story, I'm like, oh yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So I had to think about that. And I was like, that's a really good question. And I was like, no, yesterday was definitely like, I was, it was taxing. It was emotional. Like I was, I was anxious getting there. I was anxious during the test. Before that test, I was still anxious. She was like, "All right, so why don't you breathe?" Because I have a tell. Uh, do you have a tell, Joe? Like, do you when you're stressed, does your body do anything that uh, you have no tell? So nope. I present incredibly well. It's awful. Well, my tell is that um, so when I, uh, like so like spiraling of stories. So when I was in the hospital, I decided in. ICU that I was not going to refer to my affected side as my bad side because that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, words are powerful. It is. It's still, you know, like, I'm like, I still have you attached to me. We have to be friends. We're going to work together to get better. So like my bad arm is not going to be fly, right? Like you can't be like, Oh yeah, my bad hand. So I decided I would name my arm oh, so okay. that I could refer to it like properly. <laughs> and that also goes to Michael will know, like I had a little bit, I had alien arm. Like I didn't know where my arm was. Right. So naming it as its own entity actually makes perfect sense. So we, I think my ICU nurse was like, I love the idea. So we were brainstorming and I'm pretty sure she was like, what about Larry? And I was like, no, no not Larry, but I appreciate the effort. So I actually named my arm wavy gravy because no, that's... it was doing its own wavy gravy kind of thing. It was going all over the place. So my tell when I get stressed out is I start a tremor. I start to, my arm, oh, my arm, okay. my, my wrist will hit my thigh, my arm, my elbow, my, 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 uh, the, the shoulder will come in. Like I get a little bit like jiggity. So I, I, I love the little, little, uh, the Cubanita. Yeah, I'm like, wait, I'm like, how do you, how do you say, say shoulder? <laughs> um, but yeah, so she could see that happening. You know, right. so I was like, because I had my what eyes a good closed. Doctor. Right. Well, I had my eyes closed to focus. Right. Obviously, I can't hear you, so I should close my eyes. But that is because <laughs> that I won't have distraction, right? That I won't be looking at right. things. And I, you know, squirrel, like I stopped hearing you. What? You know, so I know <laughs> that I need to like, so I was using all of my tools, right? I'm like, these are all my techniques. But I left myself exposed because right. I couldn't tell that my arm was doing that and she could see that. 
So she knew that I had a rough day, but when she asked today, like, was it emotion? Is it emotional or is it physical? And then I was like, well, you know, I'm nauseous and I'm dizzy and I'm, my balance is weird. Like it was like an equilibrium fuck basically. Like I was really, and I was like, God, I haven't felt this way since I came out of the hospital. And it was like that instant fatigue, you know, um, we were talking to someone the other day and it was like, oh, you know, I did a half an hour of activity and I slept for four hours. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, two years later, a year and a half, six years later, like we don't do that anymore. Right. Because we've built right. up stamina. So when that happens, we're like taken aback. We're like, well, wait, no, I don't do that anymore. Like that's like, right. that's like really early me. Like I've, you know, I've done so much better and, you know, it's like really hard to be like, well, this is disturbing, right? Like I, I can't, I can't go back to that, you know, like I need, right. like I need to be awake for more than an hour at a clip. Like I got things, you know, like, cause now expectations are different, right? Like, you know, you've oh, got to yeah. be out you, there advocating. I'm working part-time. Like I can't not be able to like attend a meeting that's a half an hour long and then curl into a ball, like, you know, and, and, and I tell you the universe is good because Yesterday, I took the day off because there was no option. Today, I was like, all right, I have like people going on vacation and I'm going to like, I need to like just get in there. And I slept as late as humanly possible. I crawled to my desk. All my meetings were canceled in the morning. Boom. Right. It was meant to be. The universe is like, you know what, Tanya, take a breath. It's going to be okay. Exactly. So then I was like, coffee time. And I was like, take it slow, take it easy. Then I took a very long rest in between my day and I was like, oh, just got to make these other two meetings. Boom. Canceled. Boom. Canceled. I was like, why is life so good today? (laughs) You you know why? Because life is good. You know, know. that's why. We should expect good things. And I'm off on Friday. So I'm like, I live to fight another week. You know, like all I have to do is make it to the weekend. And all, all, look, and it wasn't that you were falling back and you were going through this again. It was a hiccup. You know, we we talked about words being powerful, right? You don't want to say your bad side. Right. Because that's that's you're giving powers it being bad. You know, Let, let's it, you did not fall back. You had a hiccup. Yep. It's much easier to come back from a hiccup than a fault than a, a step back. Right. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Also, I, ha- I have a, a wavy gravy is cool. I since you had alien arm syndrome, I would have named your your um uh, affected arm Ripley. Ripley. I like that. too. Sigourney Weaver's character from Alien. I do like that. Or Newt's. You could have gone Newt's. <laughs> Newt. Love Newt. I wanted to be Newt so badly. Um. Yeah, no, I could have, but it was all about like, you've no, like it was all over the place. Like it was, it had its own, you know, it was doing its own thing. Like mm-hmm. just very, very, um, very much. I remember the first time I put on, you know, cause the glory of being in the hospital for that long. And I, I think you've mentioned this once. It's like, you know, first of all, you're in a hospital gown for like way too long, like way too much time. So once you start getting clothes back onto yourself, you're like, so strange but i remember a long sleeve shirt i was really cold and i was in the acute rehab and i was in the room by myself and like the way you watch a dog chase their tail that's how i was <laughs> sort of kept getting like being followed by my arm because it, I, I had a long sleeve shirt on and it was like a little bit too right. long and the sleeve kept falling down so it was like you know kind of extra long and it was like i kept like like what's following me and I, that I, is really funny. It's not funny, but it's funny. You know what oh, I mean? It's funny. No, I got scared too. Like, 
what point? Yeah, what the like, hell was I, that? I, I got yeah. I was like, I got really like yeah. I got like very uh, scared of my my arm hanging behind me. No, it's it's so absurd, and I know it's upsetting. And I'm sorry if someone listening to this is like, oh, I had that. It was really scary for me, and I understand that completely. Yeah. I think my coping mechanism in this universe is like I. I don't laugh in the sense that I think it's funny. I think it's absurd. And if I don't laugh, yes. I probably would melt into a little ball. And I'm not really, you know, I think the most adversity I ever faced was when my daughter was really young. And I decided that there was like, kind of like, I needed to hold my shit together because I'm a single mom and she's going to have a great life. And her life isn't going to be dictated by our trauma. So right. we're going to like move ahead. We are going to be fine from this. We're not going to have like, you know, her backstory is not going to be like this tragic thing because I'm going to make sure that she has every opportunity. And that was right. a decision I made um, on what I needed and wanted to do for us. And I think that because of that, I've just been, you know, you kind of accept the absurdity. You recognize it. You name it as absurdity. And then you figure yes. out like how to move forward. Yes. So look, this is again, they're, they're, we get along so well because we think about things really similarly. You're kind of like the Joker. And I mentioned the Joker a lot where it's like, I used to think my life was a tragedy. Turns out it's a comedy. And if you kind of look at it, like you laugh off the things that are tragic. Yes, they're tragic, right? What are we going to do? Are we going to cry, bitch, and moan about it? It's like, no, it happened. Where do we find the humor in this? Do you want to know what feels better than crying and feeling sad? it feels better to laugh and be full of joy, you know? So the fact that, yeah, it sucks. I can't feel my arm, but you know, what's really funny. I couldn't feel it to the point where like it would hit me and I would think it was someone else. And it scared me that situation. It's pretty funny. I'm sorry. And if there's somebody out there that's taken offense, I'm sorry that you're not at that point yet. I hope you take a step back and you think about the situation, remove yourself from the situation and think, you know what? It's actually kind of funny. It's kind of funny. The fact that I have short-term memory loss, it's not funny. But it is funny if I ask the exact same question like three times in five minutes, which is really weird. It's uncomfortable. It makes me sad. But then when I think about it, I was like, no, no, I'm legitimately an adult male Dory from Finding Nemo. That's, That's kind of funny, right? right? And it, it's taken the power back from these situations, you know? And I, I, again, this is why I think we get along. We we have the, the, the same sense of humor. We have the same heart. And there was no better way to close out Brain Injury Awareness Month than to have an amazing conversation with you, Tanya. I, I think the world of you. I always have. I always will. I hope I always will. Don't you cross me, Tanya. <laughs> You're dead to me. You're dead to me. No. I, I, I really uh, appreciate your, your honesty. I really appreciate your perspective and your point of view. Like, really, you know, you, you become one of my closest friends. You're one third of the Illuminati. We don't talk about the Illuminati. Yeah, but if there was an Illuminati, it would be you, myself, and Michael Schutz. <laughs> I'm not saying there is. I'm just saying if there was if anything an Illumin happens to Michael because of you, <laughs> he who shall not be named. <laughs> but no, it, it just this is this is what this recovery journey should be. It should be brain injury survivors connecting with one another, helping each other through these rough times talking about these things, helping me understand some things about your recovery, me helping you understand some things about mine, you know, figuring it out together. There's no better way to recover than with another brain injury survivor. 100%. We're the only ones that truly understand what this is like. So do that thing. I, I tell everybody do this. Be that weirdo. Be that person. Search hashtag stroke survivor. That's what I did. 
brain injury recovery. Just look at these hashtags, then be that creeper and just be a weirdo. Put yourself out there and try to connect with other brain injury survivors. You may meet some of the most spectacular people you will ever meet in life. Like I have myself in meeting you, Tanya. I'm so thankful that we, we connected. I have a, a family, you know, a, a extended family in you. And I'm so, so, so thankful for you. And I want to, uh, just share with you my appreciation for you coming on last minute and, and be my guest here. Talk about uh, brain injury awareness. If the people wanted to reach out to Tanya, you can reach out to her at. Oh, I have a new handle. So I think I'm the stroke maven on Instagram. Boom. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, will, I will put that. That's your advocacy page. Yes. Yeah, it is. And it's a it's a it's a great page. A lot of great information. Um, I'll put that in the show notes. You know, um, you could talk about Cuban food. If you want, we could. Tanya. We could. No, I appreciate that, Joe. And I have, uh, we'll put the, the link to my blog, which is kind of like, you know, a little work in progress, but um, there's definitely some Cubanisms there as well. But no, I really appreciate you too. And I know you do a lot of work that shows your heart. And also, you really, I think, focus a tremendous amount of energy at helping other people. And one thing that you do, which is really special, not that you don't do a lot of special things, but you know, you create a forum like this where people can be vulnerable. Um, and that's something that I admire in you. And in, uh, I think in our community, I like, I, I think I, I refer to it on my page as courageous vulnerability. Ooh, I like that. Being vulnerable, people think is a sign of weakness, but it's actually such a strength to be able so to much do power that. In it. And you'll never, ever, you know, I think, feel more at home as someone with a brain injury than talking to other people with brain injury because you never have to say I'm sorry ever or explain a thing because even though oftentimes we're in rooms where we can't see each other 100% guarantee someone's nodding you know a hundred <laughs> without question yeah. that happens there's an understanding and, and a, a sense of belonging yeah because we we do you know sometimes we feel like outcasts in our own bodies and minds sometimes you know in our households in our in our peer groups but when you're amongst other brain injury survivors you are at home never forget that 100 percent. ever 100 percent. so you can reach out to stroke maven the cubanita you can reach out to uh, tanya definitely check out her blog she is an incredible writer you will love all the things that she writes she paints such beautiful pictures with her words Tanya, you incredible human being. I got to give out our socials, too. If you want to reach out to my tiny, beautiful ass-kicking co-host, Lauren, you can attempt to reach out to her at Lauren El Manzano on Instagram. You can absolutely reach out to me at Joe Rocks and all the socials. You can reach out to us at the NeuroNerds everywhere. <laughs> Tanya, thank you so much. And on this last episode of Stroke Injury Awareness Month, these NeuroNerds are out. Thank you, Joe. That was, dope, that was awesome. That was dope. That was, so, that was so much fun. You stroke me than you. I can't wait to see how you all edit this together so that it makes a lot more sense than what it feels like in my own head right now. It, it's going to be smooth as silk. No editing needed. Neuro Nerds. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Your reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you. Find us by searching for the NeuroNerds on the Apple Podcast app today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.